Savage Mind Podcast. Savage lifestyle people. People savaging the fuck up your life. I hope this November is off to a good start. I encourage everyone to reevaluate everything that you said you would do at the beginning of the year. And I encourage you to do that every year. We are on limited time in this life and on this earth. And we should not be in competition and comparing our lives to people specifically on social media that mostly are not living what they pretend and post and have us believing that they are. We're only supposed to be in competition with ourselves and not watching other people live their lives where anxiety, depression sets in, jealousy, hate, insecurities, because most people are not living that. You're either living or you're watching other people live their life. Man, let's get on this. Uh, So, if you're in this part of Texas, or if you're in mostly anywhere in the United States, uh, the time change has happened, the fall back an hour. Uh, What I refer to is losing more of your life. That is what I refer to it as. Uh, I have other things I say, like the only people that like and uh, prefer it getting dark at 530 is people who don't like to fucking go outside people who don't like to fucking live life people who don't like sunlight and people who are aren't engaged in a lot of physical outdoor activities yeah that's why i said what i said like always uh it's a somewhere i did a podcast on it a year or two ago and it was something like 18 to 24 hours a week of daylight we lose and i would very much hope in the near future i know that that in some states i believe uh i can't remember i think arizona i can't remember who else they have um stopped doing that and i know that that's been something that's discussed uh quit uh that we stop doing that and that we stay on uh spring and summer hours and not fall back and uh quit uh, dialing back daylight saving time because I feel like that it hinders a lot of things and that's not just speaking for myself I feel like a lot of people feel that way so I think that will be a great day I hope I see that in my lifetime so let's jump into this today Um, this podcast is about again uh, training working out fitness challenges challenging ourselves in life in all aspects of our life whether that be relationship whether it be career whether it be self-education, whether it be health and wellness, whether it be family, uh, whatever it is, you know, anyone that knows this knows it's a huge part of my life. And as I did a podcast a while back of the upcoming Ultra I had, I just completed that. And this podcast is uh, the takeaways uh, from completing that Ultra Marathon, Ultra Run, um, takeaways the pluses the minuses what i would have did different looking back now the learning experience uh, the level of difficulty uh, how i've grown or how we grow how i personally grow in each one of these things i do both mentally and physically and i want to talk about that uh today is the um name of this podcast is uh pretty much the uh, Barrier Island Ultra 50 mile 
run. And it was in Port Aransas, Texas on Port Aransas Island. And uh, today is Wednesday. And uh, I completed that race Saturday. So I'm only oh a little bit less than four days, right at four days of completing that. And I'm still recovering, although I got a small, slow run in today and some push-ups and just a handful of pull-ups and some crunches. So, man, let me start out by saying, as I said in the pre-podcast of this, the one the, the podcast leading up to going into this challenge and this race, mostly everything I do, starting with this race going forward, is new territory for me. It's unexplored. It's a new experience. It's a new challenge. So when I'm training for it, the only thing I can do is base it off the knowledge and experience I have up to that point. And as I mentioned, I gain other, I say advice. I don't offer advice. I offer experience. I will say that repeatedly because it fits universally on a lot of things. You cannot give advice on something that you have not done. You cannot pretend to undergo or experience something that you have not experienced you must undergo that experience not have a fantasy in your mind that you felt like you did it but didn't do it and that goes for anything so at this point at this race going forward i'm getting into uncharted territory so all i can do is uh, reach out to the handful of people i do that have did what I've did and much more and take my own experience and my own training and my own knowledge and combine that and try to come up with the best blueprint and plan that I can for myself. And that's what I feel like I did. So this was a 50 mile run with a 13 hour cutoff. If you did not complete it in 13 hours, you still would have the satisfaction knowing that you didn't give up, you didn't quit, and you didn't tap out. It didn't matter if it took you 20 hours. I had no expectations of going into this. The, where I'm at now, there's a lot of things in the past that are leading up to this and that I'm still going to do even this coming year in 2023 because there's some things I want to get off my list that I do have expectations because I've did these smaller races before. But with these new with this new territory, I have no expectations. Is my only goal is to complete it. I do not have my goal is to complete it, and my goal always is is to complete it within the time parameters and the cutoff time. When you're getting into things like this, you have to know and you have to be. Again, I live in a world of reality and honesty and savagery. I like to know I live in the mind frame of things need to be totally insane and preposterous to the everyday person who doesn't do this. Not just this, every aspect of my life. Your dreams should seem outrageous to people who think really average and mediocre. And this goes for everything, folks. I try not to attach any of that to material things or any level of income or money. That should just be a byproduct and it should fit together with that, with your lifestyle. My lifestyle is less is more. Less of material things, 
less of bills, less of debt. But anyway, that podcast, this is for a different podcast. So, I know the day is coming, possibly, when I do not meet my time parameters and my cutoff time. And with this race, that almost happened. I got so close, I can't even explain it. If I would have had one, if I would have sent one more text to the mamacita, if I would have took one little bathroom break, if I would have walked just a little bit more slower, if I would have tied my shoe one more time, if I would have decided to get one more snack, mix one more liquid IV up in my bottle, I would have not made it. Let me be clear about this. I had my oldest granddaughter with us. The other two, the other grandchildren, I feel like are not old enough to go yet. It would be too much work trying to chaperone them while I'm doing that for my wife, my mamacita. So we take the oldest one with us, and I feel like she's starting to really appreciate it. This is her second ultra she's attended with us, and they were a big help to me. They really were. So <clears throat> with saying that. I had my mind made up either way that I was going to complete this race, even if I timed out. I was not going to let her see me quit and give up. Although in my mind, I wanted to tell them to come pick me up in the truck and call it quits. But that's never an option for me. But when you plant that deed, that seed of salt, Once you plant that and you doubt yourself, then it sets in. You're automatically working against yourself by default. So this race was 50 miles on the beach. It was 8.33 miles, uh, I believe, loops. I say uh, not loops, but there and back. So we started at 6 a.m., and you're going to go one direction to a mile marker. That's 8.33 miles. And you're going to turn around and come back and cross the finish line. You have to do that three times to equal 50 miles. So you go there and back. It's like 17.7. That's one. You go there and back. That's like 17.7. That's two. You go there and back, 17.7. So I feel like I had my pace dialed in. I feel like that I had my hydration right. I went over everything that I knew to do, and I feel like that I had trained hard enough up to that point. But some of that all goes out the window on come time for race day. On game day, when it's time to fucking clock in, the shit's going to show up. And it often doesn't mean you didn't train hard enough, but it could be little things that's off. And that's what happens. And... um, so I, again, I'm not going to go over all that today. I had my pace dialed in. I wasn't in. I knew what I needed to do, which was going to require me not to start out very fast. So I, w- I was very reserved in the beginning, and um, I knew I needed to make certain markers by certain times. And as we started out, it was dark. It was six o'clock in the morning. So we were probably the first almost two hours close to it without any, as the sun came through the clouds on the beach, which was beautiful. I'm glad I experienced it. 
and uh, it, it was definitely. A, I was on my small little short recovery run this morning, and I my knee was hurting, and I was thinking, started thinking about that race and the pain I was in in my feet. I mean, I can't. It's up to this point, undescribable pain in my feet. Uh, and I started smiling, thinking this ain't nothing. See, that's what I mean. I have a reference point. Each time you do difficult things by choice, you have a reference point to refer back to, to know that you need to dig deeper and not give up. So, uh, I gave Mama Sita a piece of paper, and I also sent her text. I need to be here by this time, within this time frame. I need to be at this point. I guess my thinking was in a lot of past races that I would see more mile markers. Maybe every not maybe not even every mile, but every two miles, just to know where your pace is at. Well, this race did not have that. So this this <coughs> excuse me, Barrier Island Barrier the Barrier Island Ultra was that's what it was called, but it had smaller races, which is not taking nothing away from anybody. I've done all those races. It's still still out challenging yourself. So all the other racers started at seven o'clock in the morning. We started at six, the fifty milers. So you had a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, a marathon, a 50K, which is 30 miles and some change, and then you had the 50 mile. So my understanding, if I read it correctly, the, the, the smaller races, uh, no, I believe the 50K started with us too, excuse me. The 50K and the 50 mile started at six. The 5K, the 10K, the half marathon, and the marathon started at seven. But their cutoff time was 3 o'clock. And the 50K was cut cutoff time was 3 o'clock, except they started at 6 and not 7 a.m. Y'all follow me? I hope you do. If you got any questions, hit me up. So after 3 o'clock, there should have been no one left on the course except 50 milers. So as we got, as I got, as the sun came up, it was close to the turnaround point. To where um, the, I didn't see any markers. There was two aid stations. I thought there would be more aid stations. No excuses, but this is, I guess in my mind, I thought I'm used to Spartan races. I'm used to Tough mutters. I thought there would be more aid stations. And uh, So on 8.3 miles, you're only going to hit two. Early on, didn't need it. I had my fanny pack. I did everything the way I normally do it for that type of race. But again... Besides my 48-hour Goggins challenge, which I've did twice, this was about 15 miles more than I've ever done at once. Again, I've done ultras. Again, an ultra is anything above a marathon, 30 miles and up. Different levels of ultra. 30 miles, 50, 40 miles, 50 miles, 100, 200, anything above. So I never said it was super ultra or whatever the official classification is. But I had this was my about seventh ultra that was a, a thirty miles and above, and that's counting my virtual runs and my Goggins challenge. The Goggins challenge I did two years in a row was forty eight miles, but it was also within forty eight hours. But it was four miles every four hours for every forty eight hours. Then were some of my biggest podcasts. But in my mind, I know how excruciating it was when the. the 12 o'clock in the afternoon, the 4 o'clock in the afternoon runs felt great, and then you had to get up at 2 or 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning while I while I worked was fucking brutal. So I thought maybe 
I might be better just not stopping and doing it at once. And that worked up till about mile 35. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't, there was no mile markers. Uh, you had to kind of go by the beach markers where the, the, the lots were. And that's, you know, you go to any beach, it usually has the either lifeguard stations or the markers. That way people know where they're at. And they, I realized that they had to have been only a tenth of a mile. So what I figured was 10 of them were a mile. I'm not sure if that's official, but it took me a while to dial that in. So I did not know really where I was at until I reached. They said the turnaround was mile marker 91. Well, we started at 9 at mile marker 9, and I didn't really know what that – that I, we started at, at mile marker 9 until – Later in the race, because I, I got delusional, I got tired, I got fatigued, I got nauseated, and I forgot what mile marker we started at. So, made the first loop, felt good. I told her what time I would be there, and I was about 13 minutes ahead of that. And again, I was still being reserved and sparing at this point. So, when I told her I hit the first 16.7 mile to come back across the finish line so your chip has to cross the finish line i told her it would be around 10 10 after 10 to 10 20 and i think i crossed that about 1007 so at that point i was at about 17 miles i got hydrated i ate a half a banana mixed up a liquid iv and i changed my shoes out as I brought two pairs of shoes. So the, the, the shoes I started with were designed specifically for beach and sand running. They're my hocus, if that's the proper way to say it. I'm not sure. Uh, these are my first two pair. I had already got a, a pair of trail ones, and I love them. But I'm primarily a trail runner and uh, a rugged terrain runner. I hate road running. I hate con this This, this uh, course was flat. Very flat, and so I thought that would put an advantage for me. And I was later to find out that when the wind started kicking, the between the 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 headwinds and pain and fatigue set in, it didn't make a difference. So I decided at mile seventeen to switch out my shoes, and I switched out my shoes to my trails, and. When I made the 24, 25-mile turnaround, I was in excruciating pain. And at that point, that was it. I had to, I had to wear them until I got back down there to the 32 or 33-mile crossover checkpoint again to get ready to make the last loop to switch them. And I suffered. So um, uh, going through it, I really didn't start feeling like I, I – at the halfway point, about 24, 25 miles, I wasn't getting too far behind. Uh, again, not behind that I think I wasn't going to make it in the time parameters, getting behind for my goal. And the reason my goal was because you will always want to offset your eating time, your bathroom time, if you have to use the bathroom. You usually get later into the race. You don't have to use the bathroom. I think I didn't use the bathroom. I used the bathroom a, uh, a couple of times. The first 18, 20 miles, I don't think I used had to pee at least another three hours after that. So as I 
around to the 24, 25 mile mark, I said, I told her I'm a little bit behind, but I'm good. I'm getting tired. My hydration feels good. My food intake feels good. I was snack. I had in my fanny pack, I had liquid IV in packets. I had a small 10 ounce water bottle. And the reason I put a 10 ounce instead of a 20 ounce was because it was eco-friendly. All of these on the Ultra Expeditions are eco-friendly and they're trying to reduce the carbon footprint, reduce waste and just trash all around, especially at the beach or any state parks or anything like that. That's what we want to do. And I really love that concept. So I told her, I said, you know, I don't really like carrying a water pack. I don't really like carrying it in my hand. So I'm going to take a smaller one so I should be able to fill up at the aid stations. Well, you know, I hydrated before I left at the 17-mile turnaround, mixed up a liquid IV because she had the cooler right there. So I used another 20-ounce bottle for that, uh, mixed it up, took off, kept my other 10-ounce in my fanny pack where I had a cliff bar, I had some trail mix, and I had some uh, gel shots. Uh, at that point, I had only had a half of a cliff bar, a banana, and I've been keeping my water. I still felt hydrated. So she, my... Know, wife hands me a 20 ounce bottle. I mixed up liquid IV, took off, kept my other 10 ounce in there. Drank it because I knew I could th- throw it in the trash uh, later in the race. I didn't want to carry it the whole time, so I threw it away after I finished it. Uh, just different things like I already realized that switching out the shoes after about five miles was a mistake. Uh, when I made the 24, 25 mile turnaround, I was thinking of how bad that wind was kicking ass. And I noticed that probably the, on my way back that I was losing about 10, eight, seven to 10 minutes on the way back at the same pace I felt like I was going just because of the, trying to navigate and trying to work through the difficult, the level of difficulty for the headwind. And I did not calculate that. And... So probably about, so again, there's a lot of different things happening along the way. One bonehead move, uh, anyone that knows, and let me, let me back up on this. I'm doing a 3,000 push-up challenge for the month of November. It's 3,000 for the whole month. If you do extra, that's cool. I'm going to try to do extra. I think I know I can. I haven't so far. I'm barely keeping track of, of what I did because of that ultra, and I was really depleted and, when you do when I do a race like that, I usually lose a lot of strength for a while. Um, I didn't want to get behind on my push-ups. I thought it would give me strength, so I decided to do some push-ups periodically in the race. Major mistake. I think I did like 140 to 160 push-ups throughout that race, which I should not have done. Too late now. Again, the takeaways, the negatives, the positives. Uh, Somewhere around that range, when I realized how much time I was losing from the wind, from my feet being excruciating pain, uh, things like that, I decided I don't need to do this no more. And then as the day filled up, a lot of people started, because it was open to the public too. I mean, people weren't just out there for that race. They're out there at the beach on vacation, hanging out, cooking out. What I love to do at the beach is living at the beach, just being there. So some of them were realized that there was a big race going on, so they started talking to us. And anybody knows me knows I'm a talker in person, not on the phone. Uh, and I will, but I probably didn't talk to anybody more than 30 seconds, just explained what was going on. The racers left on the course after 3 o'clock for the 50 milers, and I didn't want to be an asshole. I had my headphones in, of course. And um, at that point, I probably got stopped by four or five people. And then when I started looking at when I made my 32-mile 
loop on my way down to make the, what is it, 30, 31, 32, I need to make the 40, hit the 42, 40, 30, 33 miles. As I was halfway through that at about mile 36, 37, I told her that I'm getting further behind. And that I decided at that point, so the first two hours, I decided not to use my music. Because I wanted to hear the waves crashing and the sound of the water. And it worked. It worked good. I said, I'm going to save my battery. Everything's charged to 100%. And um, I'll just wait till then. So I probably started the race at 6. I probably didn't turn on my music till about 8.30. And normally where I can listen to my music for hours, I notice as I get into the higher mileage, I tend to turn the music off. And I'll go to my discipline stuff. I listen to my Goggins. I listen to my motivational stuff. Probably at about mile 28, probably about 30. I say about 30, 32, the other, the other turnaround point. That wasn't working anymore either. At that point, I decided, fuck it. I'm not. People were waving us on and cheering, and we were humbly grateful, but I could not listen. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Uh, I did not want to listen to music. I didn't want to listen to anything. So what I started doing was... Um, on the on the last leg down there probably about like i said about mile 28 or 30 i I realized i had missed one of the only two aid stations (coughs) excuse me and uh i told i text the wife and said hey i know y'all are down there on the beach waiting on me and i'd take you a while to get down here i need to tell you what mile marker i'm at and you got to bring me some water. I've been about an hour and a half, two hours without water. She's like, why, baby? You, you know, she asked me everything I needed. So let me, let me back up. At mile 24, I, she, I had everything I needed, I thought. Again, uncharted territory. My, my trail mix, my almonds, my, my liquid IV, everything that I normally use. I didn't want to change nothing on race day because I didn't need my stomach getting fucked up and be in the damn porta potties and then end up fucking the whole race up just over that because I changed my diet the day before the race or the morning before the race. So I do not. That is law. I do not do that. So at mile 24, 25, I had them drive down the beach, which was probably six or seven miles at that point. It's eight miles, eight and a half miles from where where they were at because she was by the, the starting and finishing line. And you only can drive 15 miles an hour, and I'm running real slow at this point. First of all, break, I, when you, I told her at the 17-mile break, I need y'all. I'm not going to take a transition. I'm going to change my shoes. I'm going to do this at mile, at mile 17. I got further. I said, when you, y'all go to lunch, wherever y'all go to lunch, grab me a sandwich. It's a basic sandwich, okay? So I text her and said, hey, when you get my sandwich, give me a Sprite. I want a Sprite. So as I was approaching the 24, 25-mile loop, they caught up to me. I'd tell her what mile marker I was at. Again, these are not markers for the race. These are beach markers. And I'm just figuring out that it takes 10 of these to make a mile. So her and our oldest granddaughter meet up with me. I ate half of the sandwich, grabbed some peanut and pretzel crunches, put them in my, and a handful of almonds, put more in my fanny pack, ate half the sandwich, she gave me a water down the water, filled my other water bottle up, and told them I'd see them later. And when I made the 32-mile loop back to them, getting ready for the last leg, they were waiting on me. 
and I ate the other half of the sandwich, ate some more trail mix, uh, mixed up another liquid IV, and decided to put my beat shoes, my other running shoes back on, which helped, but my feet were fucking throbbing, feeling like it went from pins to knives poking in them. I, to me, it's what people explain to have neuropathy. That's what it felt like. And I had blisters, and I always get blisters on just my right foot, my pinky toe and the toe right next to it. Only them, never on my left foot. I know that's coming, but it didn't. Only my right foot. At that point, they felt like they were starting to pop. Well, I decided not to wear my long compression socks either that I often wear. I thought I would just wear what I do normally, which is my no-shows. Well, it's usually good 10, 15 miles. But at this point, my feet are swelling. The sweat's bad enough to where they're going down below my shoes, so they're rubbing the back of my heels raw. I didn't have no other socks except no-shows, so I changed them out, put a fresh pair on, changed shoes back to my original shoes, and I got to humping. When I got down there, as I was going, I realized the wind was at my back. This was the last loop that I needed to run again. You're running at this point. Most people that do things like this understand that you're running and walking and power walking. It's all combined. That's what you mean. Oh, you ran the whole thing. That's what that running the whole thing means. Uh, at least it does to me and a lot of other people. I need to gain as much as I can while the wind's in my back because I'm fixing to eat shit again on the way back. And this is the last leg. And I ran as much as I could. I got about to mile. Let's see. Thirty-six, somewhere in there. And I realized I missed the aid station. I told her I don't know if they've changed people. If they moved, if they packed up. I don't understand why they would pack up because this is the most brutal part of the race. The end. It doesn't make sense. I said, you need to get down here and find me with some water. I'm gonna, I've am i not felt dehydrated, but I'm going to dehydrate out because I haven't had none in almost two hours. I thought you had enough, babe, as she asked me. I thought I did too. Either I'm, I'm, I'm depleted and exhausted enough. All I'm focused on is the pain. And this is what I mean by pulling yourself out of these places. It's all a mental game at this point. It's not physical. It's mental. I said, I missed it, and I need some water. I'm at mile marker, whatever. It was 60. Okay, I'm headed that way. She goes, I'm at mile marker 23. Okay, I'm at mile marker 67 now. And 91 was a turnaround. I made the turnaround before they made it to me at mile 33, 32, whatever it was. The guy, I told the guy, he's like, man, you're almost there, last loop. And I said, I'm getting close to not making it. And he goes, I still feel like you're going to make it. You're good. I walked over in the water right there, put my hands in the water, and put my face in the water. He came and asked me if I was okay, if I needed something. Do you need water? you need a banana? you need anything? I said, I just wanted to put my face in the water and not stand up. He goes, I get that, man. He goes, but when you get back up, get, get after it. You're going to make it. So they met up with me. Gave me some water. I told her at that point, this is a condensed version, that I couldn't take a break. My break was while I was barely walking. Felt like I was walking on glass, on knives at this point. That if I'm if I'm not there around 6.30, 6.45, crossing that finish line or close to it, 
You get in that truck and you come find me and you talk shit to me and you push me and make me go. So I made I found the other aid station on the way back. I had overlooked it that they had changed out volunteers and the car changed and it got dark. And I just missed it. And that lady told me six more miles from here. That's normally nothing to me. That felt like a fucking eternity. The wind picked up even more. So those little beach markers were only a tenth of a mile. I started playing games. It's what they call your box. At that point, you can't make any long-term goals no more. You have to say, I'm going to run to that sign. So what I started doing was I'm going to run to that sign. And I mean run, I mean the best I could I could muster up. I'd run to one sign. I was doing like... Walk for five minutes, run for three minutes at this point, whatever it was, or run for five minutes and walk for three. At that point, all bets were off. Um, I'd I'd go to, I'd muster up a slow little jog to the <clears throat> sign, and then I'd walk the next two. Run to the next sign, walk the next two or three. I was trying to time it out and told her, I said, I feel like I'm probably about 30 minutes behind right now. She's like, you're going to do this, babe. So I just kept on going down. I looked and I said, I got to the last hour. I really got to get it together. I had nothing left in the tank. Again, felt like my hydration was right. Felt like my food was right. My body felt good. It set my fucking feet. I could even get past my legs being on fire. Just my damn feet. So I get <clears throat> four o'clock went by, five o'clock went by. At 6 o'clock, I told myself, you may not make this time cut off, Jason. But you got to finish it because your granddaughter's up there. You, the whole premise of this and the point is to show her that you're not, you don't fucking quit stuff. That even through pain, even through sacrifice, even when you're suffering, and I was suffering, that you don't quit when they turn the lights out. You don't quit when other people quit on you. You don't quit because you didn't make the time or you didn't make your goal. You keep going. So at 6 o'clock, I said, okay, I'm going to try to run two of these signs. And then I'm going to, I guess, and then I'm going to walk two. I was barely at a trot. That wasn't working anymore. 6.15 came, still at the same pace. I texted her because I forgot where the what number the finish line was. I said, what number is the finish line? Normally, I text her and tell her to be there to take pictures, do all that. Later on, about 6.30 or 6.40, I, I knew I couldn't send another text. I'm not going to send another text. I'm running out of fucking time. So I had to tell myself I was in this much pain. I ain't going to lie. My eyes were watering. I was frustrated. I was pissed off. This was going to be the first time. Again, I'm an amateur. The first time, I never... Didn't make a cutoff time. And it was coming reality that that's what was going to happen. But I got to finish. I got to try. And what's worse about it, it's like in, in any sports I played or anybody that played sports. When you lose by a lot and you come out losing, whether it be any sport, or you get injured in the beginning, you already see it coming. But I was going to not make my time by about five or ten minutes. And that was going to be what was soul crushing. And I had already came to terms that that might happen. So I finally had to tell myself, a 6.15 came, 6.30 came, last 30 minutes. I looked, 
she says, mile marker nine, babe. And I said, well, I'm at fucking 30. At that point, I told myself, it's hurting no matter what, Jason. It's hurting if you fucking take little steps or if you take long strides. Again, I'm not a tall man, so my long strides are still short steps. That's why I was a lot better sprinter when I was younger than I am an ultra runner. I'm not a good ultra runner. I'm an ultra runner, but I'm not good. Uh, It's not even my strong point. But anyway, at this point, I looked. I told myself at 645, I can't remember where I was at. Was it 23? I think I was at 23, and I was thinking, I'm not going to fucking make it. Stretch your strides out more on your walks, and when you run, to each sign, run just the more, more more than you're doing. Stretch your strides out. It fucking hurts either way. It's going to hurt if you don't do it. It's going to hurt if you do do it. But if you do not push yourself beyond your fucking limit, beyond your capabilities, you're not going to forgive yourself. So I was doing like the one, run to a sign, walk to, run to a sign, walk to. Again, you only have mile markers at, at, at eight miles. 8.3 miles or 8.35, whatever it was. That's it. You don't see mile markers nowhere else. Two aid stations. So at that point, I said, you know what I do? I got to save this for the last. I couldn't plan this. There's no way I can make this shit up. So she said, you can do this, babe. At this point, I quit texting her and said, I cannot take one more restroom. I cannot take a drink of water. I cannot do one fucking thing or I'm not going to make it. So I just kept looking, 647, 650. I look, and I still got ten, about 10 of these to go. I just started picking up my pace walking, feet in excruciating pain. And I said, the last four to five minutes, I'm going to open up whatever I have left in me. I seen the fucking finish line, and it was 656. Didn't even... In reality, it wasn't that far away. I thought it was fucking a mile away. I ran through the where the you know the poles are at on the beach, the or like any park, the wooden poles. I I said I'm not doing no more walking, running. I'm waiting till I get to that point, which was the 13, the 13 marker. I needed to make it to nine. I said at that point, I'm running from there on. That's four of them. I need to run. I came through there. They didn't even know I was coming. My fanny pack was weighing me down. It got on my nerves the whole time. It didn't during my last ultra. I don't know why. I fucking unsnapped it, left it where it was at, dropped my fucking water bottle, dropped my fucking glasses, left it, and ran through the finish line, fell face down in the sand, put my my arm down, with my head down, and I... Made it at 659.45. I made it with 15 fucking seconds to spare. They had already started packing up. The two race directors ran out and said, Oh my God, we missed you. We missed your finish. We're so sorry. And they took my chip off my leg, my ankle, gave me a hug, rubbed my face, helped me up. Gave me a beer, gave me my medal. My mama Sita and granddaughter came over to me. I couldn't explain that feeling, man. And uh, 
there was a couple, I don't know if they were a couple of brother and sister, whatever they were, a younger couple, I kept passing, that we would pass each other. We weren't in, nobody's in competition with each other, but it looked like that we were basically running the same race. And I thought that we kept, they get way mile or two ahead of me, I get a mile or two ahead of them. And I remember they were headed back when I made the last loop, and I thought, I'm the last one that's going to finish. And I'm okay with that, as long as I finish. Well, when I made the 30, the 42 mile turnaround, they were walking with their shoes off in the water, barely could walk. So the older one of the older gentlemen came over to me. I guess he was part of the, the race directors and asked me. He goes, "Man, hell of a finish, man." He goes, "You couldn't have that. That's that was amazing, man. Great job." He goes, "You say those they're still back there? How far you think they're back there?" I say, "Man, they're at least two or three miles." He goes, "Yeah, it shows there's still three or four people on the course, and there are two of them." He goes, "We're their their limits up, but you know if they they come in." He was telling us that some people tap out and just get in their car and leave they never show back up with their chip or nothing they know they're too far behind but i wasn't going to do that so <sighs> i felt like like i told my family my mama sita and our granddaughter the ride home i wouldn't have been me there's no way i'd have took it out on them but the ride home would have been drastically different if i would not have if i would not have made my time just think about that if i'd have made one more fucking stop one more text Tie my shoe one more time. Not dropped my fanny pack. Got a drink of water. Anything, I would not have made it. And I had told them, long as it's not 7.01, I'm in. It just cannot be one minute after. And I made it at 6.49.46, I believe. So, 50 mile, Barrier Island Ultra done. And I'll talk about what's coming next. The takeaways, my hydration was right. I trained enough. My body felt good. I had the right shoes. Some of the uh, my 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 food intake. I had a great fucking team. My mama Sita and my granddaughter. My clothes. Negatives. I should have not done push-ups. I should have not talked to those people. I should have had my hydration better. I should have planned for the wind. I felt like I was too reserved in my pace the first 15 or 20 miles where I knew I could have did ran faster and it would have allowed me some time gaps. And I felt really good and I was still reserved. Uh, and I should not have switched out my shoes and I should have wore my compression socks to start with. And again, I used no Vaseline in this race, 50 miles. Anybody that knows what I mean knows on that with heat rash, any of that shit. So it was a learning experience. That's what it is. Finding out what your limits are. And when you get to those limits, you push past those limits. So what I find, what I do with everything that I do, what I'm doing this week and this month is when I'm done with something, I go back to scratch. I recalculate. I... Uh, recover i recover i recalculate and i reformulate everything back from scratch and then i rebuild it from there and that's what i'm doing so for now 50 mile ultra complete barely complete but it's complete and i move on to the next level and i'll bring y'all up to date with that soon so in the meantime man y'all stay humble live savage live your life through action action is the only truth 
Be nice to many people as you can. Take shit from fucking no one. And please, please, if you listen just occasionally or you just believe in me or what this is, please go subscribe. Spotify, Apple Play, Google Play, maybe Amazon uh, Music, Spreaker, big shout out to Anchor. I'm on all those platforms. Again, I know y'all want to see my face. You want to see other people's faces. <clears throat> We're getting there. All the equipment's right here in front of me. I'm just not there with the background yet. I'm not there with the with the sound. I'm not there with the everything else. But it's all been here. But in the meantime, we're doing this. Big shout out to all the race, all the people who volunteered, all the people who organized it, all the people who sacrificed their time in life. Marissa and her whole staff. I don't know the rest of them's name. Big shout out. Nothing but love for y'all. You will see me more often. And any way I can help, any way. Oh, before I go, the donations for this were for the sex trafficking of children. You know how huge that is? And I believe I got like one or two donations, if that. That tells you a lot about people paying attention. I even did a video on it. Please go donate. And I want to get back to my 3,000 push-up challenge for the month of November. That's for St. Jude's uh, St. Jude's Hospital and Research for Kids. Please, go, go donate. You, you don't have to be my name. If you want to put it my name, fine. doesn't go to me. You, you donate it straight there. Your name, my name, anonymous, whatever you want to do. Y'all stay humble, live savage. Love y'all.